Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs, cats, aliens, cows, chickens, whoever may be listening to the sounds of our sultry voices, welcome to the Calvary Cast episode 66. Take two, this was. I am Graham Parker, Associate Pastor at Calvary Bible Church, Grand Junction, Colorado, and next to me, or across from me, is Jess, the Beard is Back Miller. All right. Lead Pastor. Yes. And it's it's getting better every time. All right, man. I didn't Great. see you for like a week, and I'm on like week three now. Yeah, so. looking good. You look. What is the goal to look more scholarly? Is that kind of the? I want I want a a mixture between scholarly and ex convict. So wow. kind of in a in a midstream there, kind of a little bit wild, but a, so you don't know if I'm gonna like teach you something or, or kill, kill you. you. Right, <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of the goal of what trying to decide what an ex-convict's beard looks like. <laughs> uh, I'll show you a picture later. Okay, sounds good. Some vision that I had for it. Uh, so we just got done with Thanksgiving. You guys stayed here. So I had a, a question. I think the listeners will be a little will be uh, enjoy this topic. Mm-hmm. Just for a minute. So let's talk turkey. Thanksgiving. Do you have a turkey or not? What's yes. You, so you're a turkey fan. Yeah, we had turkey. Although this year somebody brought a ham as well. Okay. We, we did something different this year. So are you? So the question, yeah, are you traditional Thanksgiving foods? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's the end of that conversation. You're not or something? No. I'd rather not. I'd really? Ra- my, now, see, my dad smoked a turkey this year, some turkey breast, and we had a ham too. Mm-hmm. I prefer the ham because I'm not a turkey fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a traditional Thanksgiving food fan, mm-hmm. like the green bean casserole. Right, not on my. That's definitely one I I'll eat that like the original helping, but when I go back for seconds, I don't get the green bean casserole. So for me, Thanksgiving dinner is to eat so I can eat dessert. Hmm. Right, I eat one plate of Thanksgiving. Like I'm not going back for seconds and thirds. Is the dessert you mm-hmm. do seconds and thirds on? Yeah, I did that this year. Because okay. Deborah Coat brought a cherry pie, homemade oh. cherry pie. It now Natalie doesn't like cherry pie, so mm. we never get it. Mm-hmm. It was literally now. This is an exaggeration because sometimes people say this, right. but I mean literally. Okay, the best cherry pie I've ever had in wow. my entire life. Wow! And so I had like two and a half, maybe even three pieces throughout the. That's quite a. Afternoon. High praise. Now, my favorite would be a pecan pie. Hmm. That's like, but we didn't have pecan pie this year. Interesting. Gross? Is that what you said? I said interesting. Oh, I thought you said gross. Interesting choice. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. But that's like fallish. It is. It seems like it would be. Yeah. I don't. You know what? Not a pecan I'm trying pie to guy. think if I've ever even had a pecan pie. Really? Yeah. I don't know. So here's a call to our listeners: If you want to make us pecan pie. And if Deb wants to make another cherry pie, mm-hmm. then we will eat them on our next podcast. Or we could even start a competition. Like if they want to make cherry pies, trying to compete with. There we go. Deborah, hey, they bring them to us. We'll be the judges. <laughs> this is a great idea. We're going to gain. We'll gain too much weight. Though. Best Maybe idea we've ever Probably a bad idea. Mm, well, anyway, we would be giving thanks. Yes, we would. That's not what we're talking about today. That's nope. just uh, questions I had and the audience was dying to know. I'm sure well. they were. I'm sure they were. So what are we really going to talk about today? Uh, we're going to talk about um, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> John Home dog. Piper. John Pips. That John Pips. Or Pipes. I think it's when one friend called him one of he's like J Pipes uh, yeah, or something J like that. Yeah, J Pipes. Um, and specifically because we, for two months, 
this last year. We yes. we did two of his books back to back, back to back. Um, his book, Desiring God, and When I Don't Desire God. Hmm. So, and we thought it made sense to put those two together mm-hmm. anyway. So that was two of the months. And this is probably, I, I think this is his most well-known book, right? Or oh, most influential yeah. book? By far. For just, um, yeah. So, and he's written, uh, according to the back of this cover, and I think this is way outdated, but over 40 books at that time. Probably. So. But anyway, so we need to talk about him a little bit because um, not just about the book, but more about who he is mm-hmm. and why we appreciate him because he is very a very influential figure mm-hmm. in the evangelical circles that we would follow right. meaning we just liter- just me and yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and so like the circles we kind of follow mm-hmm. and keep an eye on and um in that kind of thing would be we, he he's very influential right. in that and um his influence is worldwide right And, you know, I think the reason we're doing this, because we did this, we talked last time about R.C. Sproul's book Mm -hmm. and about R.C. Sproul. So with a lot of these authors, the books we're recommending, we're recommending their ministry, their sermons, their other writings as well, uh, some more so than others. And I think guys like R.C. Sproul and John Piper especially are people that we would recommend to our church. Right. I think so. You know, on, I mean, on most that, topics on most topics, right? right. Not not everything, but uh, John Piper, especially like uh, on most stuff, he's gonna be on all things. I'll say this: he's gonna be very helpful and thoughtful mm-hmm. and biblical. Mm-hmm. I may not always agree with his exact conclusion, mm-hmm. but I can't argue with his dealings with a text and things like that. Right. So let me read. This is his the bio on the back of this one. Let me see if it's yeah. Um. Yeah. So, John Piper is pastor for preaching at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Not, Not anymore. <laughs> I was just going to say. He retired about five years ago, I think, maybe. I don't if know. even more than that, actually. Probably more be, than that. Yeah. I lose track. But, yeah. So, he did that for 36 years, I think. 33. 33. Think. Okay. 33 years. Uh, he's written more than 40 books, including Desiring God, A god Word of Life, Don't Waste Your Life, and The Pleasures of God. And we'll talk about that Don't Waste Your Life book in a minute, too, because that's important. He's married to Noel. They have five children and a bunch of grandchildren now. But actually, his main ministry now is to uh, is for the organization he founded mm-hmm. called Desiring God. Mm-hmm. So you could go to desiringgod.org. You can get information there. They've got his sermon podcasts mm-hmm. and different things. So he's well known for his preaching mm-hmm. and his writing. Yes. And his church there, Bethlehem Baptist Church, got to be quite sizable, multiple mm-hmm. location church type mm-hmm. of situation. And they've got a, um, oh, and he's overseen now, right? The this college and seminary they have there, Bethlehem uh, yeah, Baptist. Like and so he's uh, quite involved in those things and speaking and going out and speaking. But um, he really became well-known, um, I think through Desiring God, uh, partly, but also through a message he preached at the Passion, you know, young conference, adult college yeah. age conference. Mm-hmm. What year was that? Do you know, like 20, 2000, I mean? Yeah, it was late 90s or early 2000s, somewhere in that range. And he preached, so all, so the Congress, so the, it was this big assembly of like college age mm-hmm. kids, okay? And 
that conference is I think Louis Giglio is in it yep. and things. So it's more of he a He started it. Almost probably you would might might want to say like a broader evangelical yeah. type of thing. And they bring in John Piper. Right. And you can see video of this particular sermon and he he looks kind of nerdy for the group. I mean, I'm not trying <laughs> yeah, to be no. mean, but you know what I'm he saying? He doesn't seem like he would fit the vibe. He doesn't seem like yep. he'd fit the culture of it or anything. And he gets up there and he preaches this sermon. Um, and you can listen to it online. Mm-hmm. It's called, you could, you just Google John Piper, Don't Waste Your Life Passion Conference right. or something like that. And it should be that original one. And I recently, as in probably recently within the last year, heard interviews from people that were at that conference. Yeah as young people and it totally changed their lives Mm -hmm. because he, his whole premise was he had read an article from um, reader's digest Mm -hmm. about this retired couple living the dream. (laughs) Yeah. And the dream was they lived in Florida. They retired to Florida and their, their days are spent walking the beach collecting seashells (laughs) and how wonderful that is and how that's kind of the goal in retirement. And he kind of opens with that mm-hmm. and shows how horrible that way mm-hmm. of thinking is to where he's like, you're in the final stage before you're going to stand in the presence of God mm-hmm. and give an account. Mm-hmm. And all you're going to be offering him are your seashells. Yep. You know, even like makes it, it's very cutting. And he's like, look, yeah. God, look at my seashells. Right. Look at my boat, God. Right. You know, and it's like when you listen to that, you're like, Man, there's no way you can argue with what right. he's saying. It's so true. And then he, he preaches a sermon on it, and um, that that became influ- influential. Actually, became a book, uh, yep. or at least a large part of it was I think originated with that called "Don't, Don't Waste, Waste Your, Your Life." Life. Yep. And that is a book I also recommend. So, uh, that launched him into the popular, uh, he, to be a pretty popular right. preacher at that point. And especially influential among what they called the Young Restless Reform Movement. Right. And if you've never heard of that, you can look that up. Mm-hmm. It's There's lots of information online about that and such of what that was. Just basically young guys that were kind of tired of the modern seeker-sensitive movement church. Right. Wanted something deeper in theology, preaching, church life, mm-hmm. and were largely Calvinistic. Yep. And so they called him the Young Restless Reform. Well, he was kind of, not oh. purposely, no. but just... A father figure, a in father a sense, figure to that in movement. A, yeah, yep. and so he became very popular in that uh, circles. And then, of course, he's part of uh, both uh, Together for the Gospel, mm-hmm. which is a, a biannual conference for mainly pastors, but lots of other people go to it. Um, and that's like it sells out every year. I've been to it a few times, and that this is its last year this year, but. And then also the Gospel Coalition, mm-hmm. alongside Tim Keller and D.A. Carson. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of overseeing that ministry as well. So he's very influential in, in circles that we would kind right. of lean into theologically yeah. and sometimes philosophically. Um, and so that's where it becomes. But my first exposure to him, of course, was Desiring God. Okay, that's what I was wondering. What was your first first exposure? It was reading Desiring God. Desiring God. I had never heard of John Piper. Hmm. When I, I don't remember how I got a hold of this book. Um, Do you remember when you read it? Yeah, I'd, I had only been saved a few years in, hmm. and we were going. We had left the original church we went back to, which was very sectarian and kind of closed off. And it might have been through uh, Bob, that's our former mm-hmm. pastor's influence and such, I don't remember how I came across it, but I began reading it, mm-hmm. and 
um, noticed something different about it. Yeah. You know, it, it and, definitely and drew you in and the thoughtfulness of it and the whole premise of the book, which which drew me in. And that led me to like listen to him a little yeah. bit, like find his sermons online. And I was listening to some of his stuff in Romans and that. So uh, I really developed an appreciation mm-hmm. for him and his ministry. Yeah. Um, there's a with, with John Piper before we get into the book here, there is and you and I both mentioned this before. One of the things we appreciate about him and his writing is it's so thoughtful. Yes. It's it's it reads different than some other things you might. Not that other things aren't good and thoughtful, but it's like this depth to it's it. It's a different level of thoughtfulness and interaction with the text. It's always that's his his writing is rooted in the text. Like he has spent time in it. He has wrestled with all the different parts of it. And I think that's why you really see that thoughtfulness come out. And, in all of his writing. Yep. Um, like I'm reading, well, Desiring God right now and Providence, his new book that's huge. And I mean, it is just scripture reference and quotation after scripture reference and quotation. Um, so it's just li- loaded with the text. And that's so helpful uh, for me. I think so too. He's a scholar. He's, he's a, a scholar. pastor scholar. But he's also a different kind of pastor scholar because he's kind of a philosophical pastor mm-hmm. scholar. Right. And I think that as people read Desiring God, they'll see that. I think so. He caught on to this, this one idea, ultimately, that mm-hmm. you read that in every one of his books. Yes. And <laughs> it is this the premise of Desiring God and finding God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. Right. That's what his, the whole premise is. Yep. And so just fleshing that out is what he does. And, and I think every one of his works. Yeah. So do we want to talk about the book for a little bit and just sure the premise of it? Yeah. So desiring God in the, the subtitle meditations of a Christian hedonist. Okay. Red flag alert, right? Cause right there, that's where actually a lot of people get hung up on that. Uh-huh. That word hedonism. Have you had anybody at the church talk to you about that? Uh, n- I don't, don't have to know. mention who. But yeah, I'm just saying. Beep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I've not talked to anybody, but I've had other people in the past that have said, "Yeah, I like the book, but I couldn't get over that right. idea." Right. Okay. So I've had one person at the at the church say that um, that 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 was such a hangout for them that mm-hmm. they put the book up. Right. So we should address that, and I can understand it to a degree because the word hedonism. Almost, it became exclusive. Not not just of what it what it originally meant was just the pursuit of pleasure to right. do something that, you know, out of just pursuing a pleasure. But obviously, it carried many more undertones and overtones than that. Right, and it and it might provoke within people's minds images and such mm-hmm. that are not helpful. So I'd say and, if that's the case, then and maybe it's like it. a uh, one point in time a uh, culturally used more to speak of yeah, sinful pleasures and things like that. Yes. We don't really use it in our... Maybe that's part of the reason why for me it's like, I don't even know if I knew the word hedonism before yeah. I read right. Desiring God. Right, and I don't, and it's not as much anymore. So I think right. for most it's okay, but yeah. there are some. So the premise of the book, as I said, is that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. And remember now, Piper's theological framework is that God does all things to bring glory to himself and what God desires most is to glorify himself. 
And we could get into a lot of discussions about that. But I think that is biblically supported and true. Um, he's a self-glorifying God that ends up being for the good of people. We can't think about egotistical sinfulness. Think right. about God would not be loving if he didn't command to draw all attention to mm-hmm. himself because there's no pleasure, happiness, life found in anything right. else other than him. This right. is the reason he forbids idolatry, right? Because right? you're trying to find this joy, satisfaction, peace, yes. love, forgiveness, whatever, in something other than him right. or someone other than him. So um, so he, in the beginning of the book, he talks about, um, he, he changes the, the beginning of the Westminster Confession a little bit, the, or the catechism, and asks the question, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm, I'm altering that slightly. The chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying yeah. him forever. Because what, what Piper is trying to put forward here, and we, again, we're not going to rehash the whole book, but I want you to read it. But it's like, he's trying to put forward that we should be pursuing happiness. But happiness, true happiness can only be found in God so right. that we're pursuing God. Right. Okay, so, and he defines Christian hedonism here. It's a philosophy of life built on the following five convictions. One, the longing to be happy is a universal human experience, and it is good, not sinful. Mm. Two, we should never try to deny or resist our longing to be happy as though it were a bad impulse. Instead, we should seek to intensify this longing and nourish it with whatever will provide the deepest and most enduring satisfaction. Three, the deepest and most enduring happiness is found only in God, not from God, but in God. Number four, the happiness we find in God reaches its consummation when it is shared with others in the manifold ways of love. Number five, to the extent that we try to abandon the pursuit of our own pleasure, we fail to honor God and love people. Or to put it positively, the pursuit of pleasure is a necessary part of all worship and virtue. That is, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. So yeah. this book just kind of unfolds that yep. under different headings and yeah. in that. And I think like for people, if they're gonna if you're gonna jump into it, uh go slow. Right. Uh, you're not in any rush to read through this book. And and it's going to take you got to apply your mind to it. Mm-hmm. He the arguments he makes, uh, it, it takes a while for him to unpack those arguments. That's right. And he's going to go to a lot of different scripture references and and show you different things. And if you stick with it, you'll come away and you'll be like, oh, I totally see where that's at. Yeah. Um, but it takes a little while. And so, uh, I mean, this book's three hundred some pages long, mm-hmm. or almost three hundred pages long. So. You know, it's it's a hefty hefty book. His chapters, though, on conversion and worship are fantastic. Right. Yep. Uh, so just a, a plug for those two, um, right there. But I would encourage people pick it up and stick with it. And I think this is a good book for um, accompanying devotional time. So mm-hmm. read scripture in this. One of the reasons I say that is because oftentimes that's when your mind's the freshest. Yeah. And. Um, and so just, you know, you don't have to do that. It's just a suggestion. And I think reading him slow, and again, he's not the type of teacher or writer that if you just want them to get to the point, yeah, <laughs> you're not, it's not the right. No. He wants to show you how he got the point. Right. And he likes to build 
he likes to build premise upon premise mm-hmm. upon premise and then unfold right. the main idea of what he's saying. And that's what I think if John Piper's one of his probably greatest gifts is his ability to help you see the things in the text for them for yourself. Yeah. You know, like his little look at the book things mm-hmm. and what he does in Desiring God is he's unfolding the text for you, showing you how he's getting to this. Um and not just not just spoon feeding you, but actually like showing you how to do it yourself. Yeah, we should mention those. The look at the books. You yeah. can find those on YouTube. Those are really, really good. Really good. Basically, it's a YouTube video where on the screen you see the text he's mm-hmm. teaching from that day, mm-hmm. and he's marking it up and making yep. drawing right in front yep. of you and stuff, explaining that passage about a paragraph at a time. It's helpful to learn how to study use I those to so. study your Bible. Yeah. And teach you at the same time. His also his Ask Pastor John Pat podcasts are mm-hmm. way better than this podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, always listen to that before. But I mean, he again, I appreciate like people send in all these different questions, and he wrestles with some difficult ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, again, like always rooted in the text, and he goes there first, and get, they're so thoughtful and helpful, and so I'd encourage people to listen to those too. Yep. I think I I, I think they would glean from yeah. him. So, anything else you want to say on this subject? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we would commend to you John Piper's ministry and his books. Uh, of course, I'm sure there will be some people that will, well, maybe not some people, but some people might think, uh, well, what about this he said? Or, you know, there might be things that we would disagree with. And that's true. And mm-hmm. that happens. Mm-hmm. But by and large, we can say we're really thankful for John Piper and his ministry and his writing. It's been helpful to us, and we think it'll be helpful to our people. So, Get the book and read it. Uh, We hope this podcast has been helpful for you as you live life and do ministry. Uh, If you ever have questions or comments or concerns or ideas, you can come up and talk to us. You can call us, text us, or send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. Until next time.